0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, praise God. Uh, I don't know about you, but that song just hit a little bit right there. Um, I love that line that just said, "I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus." Anybody feel that today? Well, I I, I don't know why that would a hit a hit different today. Uh, I want to welcome you to being in this service. We want to welcome our Red Bug Lake and Michigan Street campuses here. Curry four, can we put our hands together? There, we're going to put your hands together. We just always take this moment to celebrate that we are one church and. In some different locations, and uh, maybe you're joining us on a screen from somewhere else. Uh, I encourage you to lean into what God's doing in this service. And uh, we do look forward to uh, a time when you can be in person at one of our campuses because it's even better in person. Good job. All right, we got about half the 1115 service got enough sleep last night. The other half, you're worth the wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, of course, um, it is Father's Day. We're going to mention that in just a moment. But it's also uh, Juneteenth today, which uh, celebrates and recognizes, yeah, the um, enforcement, really, the final nationwide enforcement of the Emancipation Proclamation, really closing a horrific chapter in our in, in our uh, nation's history and providing really you know, true freedom for everybody, and so we celebrate that as well, and it, today it lands on Father's Day, and we're spending some time celebrating and talking about Father's Day, and and listen, I, I want you to know that uh, one thing that's been heavy on my heart even leading up to today was that I do understand, we fully, all of us understand that Uh, Father's Day is not the same level of celebration and joy uh, for everyone as it is for some, and some of us maybe have lost a father recently, or some of us maybe haven't had a father much uh, in our lives, and uh, so I know that that sometimes that uh, pain is real, uh, but the Bible, if I could say this to encourage you, but the Bible does say that God is a father to the fatherless, so I would encourage you to really hold on to that promise, and and really join with us today in celebrating uh, all the great dads that are here today, and we just wanna encourage you dads, and one of the things that we wanna do to kinda launch this uh, message portion is I I just pulled some of the best dads that I know, and I brought them up, so would you make welcome uh, the Pastor Dad panel we got going on up here? Yes. And uh, I'll just let you guys share. I mean, you don't need much introduction, but I'll let you share kind of who you are and what your dad's
2: situation is at the current moment. All right, so uh, Pastor Marcos Gonzalez, I have three amazing kids. Uh, Sofia Isabel, she is 19 years old. Andres Mateo, he is 17 years old. And Italia Selina, the little one uh, that you saw in the announcements, she is nine. Amen.
3: Pastor Carl and I have three children, and um, they are Danielle. Danielle's married to Kevin, Pastor Kevin. They they pastor a church along with their two uh, children in Oklahoma. And uh, my son just left this morning. He's been here a week with his five kids, uh, headed to North Carolina, married to Mandy. Um, And then my youngest daughter's married to Mark and they are youth pastors in Lakeland with their two uh, children also, so God bless you guys. Um, yes, my name is
0: Gio Gonzalez. Um, I have, uh, Pastor Kaimana is my wife, so she's Hawaiian, so our kids' middle names are Hawaiian, so I'm gonna say it since Pastor Marco said his kids. But I have Elisha Kaeo. he is a fresh two and a half years old. And then I have Shiloh Maui, and he is a, a very young nine months old.
1: All right. <clears throat> so as you can see, we kinda got uh, a variety of stages of, of, uh, of dadship going on here, which is what we wanted to do uh, intentionally. Um, but for all of us, we can all probably answer this first question. I would ask you, what was the, maybe the craziest dad moment that you've had so far? What kinda jumps to your mind when I mention those words, craziest dad moment? Well,
0: for me, um, any sleepless night can become a crazy night. Kids just randomly go through these moments where they just don't sleep for a couple weeks or months or random things. It happens pretty often. So there was one specific night that I I did everything I could. I drove around the neighborhood for an hour. Um, I fed him all the things that he wanted from the fridge. I put on as much cocoa melon as I could possibly put and it just did not work. So I ended up just falling asleep on the couch, not noticing. And then I woke up probably around 4 a.m. and I just saw him finally just passed out under the coffee table asleep and I said, Thank the Lord. And I didn't move them. I didn't touch them. I just went right back to sleep. And that's where we woke up the next
2: day. <laughs> that's, some good, that's some good parenting right there. Amen. Nice. So I had uh, Sophia. You know how when babies are born, your first one, you think they're made out of porcelain. And so I'm carrying uh, Sophia across one of these baby gates that they make still, I think. Um, my first foot jumped um, on top of the gate fine, but my second foot got stuck. Um, I'll stand up with those. And so I'm stuck and I have the baby in my hands and so I know what's gonna happen. I'm about to fall with my daughter. And so it took only three seconds but it felt like three minutes in slow motions because I'm going, I'm about to crush her. I'm about to crush her. I'm about to crush her. And so somehow I moved and allowed the weight to fall on me so she could fall on top. Uh, she still has a scar though. It's pretty invisible, <laughs> but yeah, it's right here. Great, yeah. that moment. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>
3: okay the thing that came to my mind when i read the question uh was a friday afternoon my youngest daughter came to me and said dad shouldn't we be doing something and i said no uh carla there's never been a hurricane that hit orlando so don't worry about it nothing's going to happen a few hours later charlie arrived in orlando with uh ferocious winds that night was pretty hectic. My son, who was about 16 years old, uh, put on a helmet. He went out to University Boulevard, wrapped himself around a tree, and was sitting through the hurricane. I had no idea where he was. Uh, Carla uh, was shivering in the bed. Ba- I don't know what she was doing, but I was standing in the living room, hearing shingles uh, being removed from my house. My son, unbeknownst to me, had uh, put his girlfriend's car in our garage, taken my wife's car outside of the garage that got, uh, I mean, hit with all kinds of shingles. So, what a night. I don't remember where Alice was. She was probably in the bedroom praying. So, anyway, quite a night going on.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the, uh, one of the crazy moments that, that kind of jumped in my head hearing these stories was uh, our oldest, when he was about three years old, we had associate youth pastors that were moving away, and so they had been with us for a little while, and it was their last moment, and they were swung by our house, we were giving them hugs, and they were driving away, he had a U-Haul attached to his Jeep, and so they had left his Jeep running, and they had just come in the house for a second just to hug goodbye and say goodbye, and during all the hugs and all that, um, we start looking around and said, where's Isaac at? And so he had ran out, again, three and a half maybe, had gotten into the Jeep that was running, and then about that time, that's when we see him, is when he's in the driver's seat, and we get outside the door, and we see him grabbing for the a uh, gear shift and he gets that thing down in drive and he's just smiling, just, <laughs> he's just moving away. Right there at three years old, he's off. Uh, and so we had to chase him down the street and got the Jeep in park and uh, please nobody call Child Protective Services. Uh, it's, pa- it's, it's past the, uh, what do they call that? The Statue of, Statue of, limitations. of limitations, yeah, I'm good. Uh, so dads, what's if you think about it, what's one of the most important lessons you've learned
2: as a dad? I've always been challenged by that verse that says, uh, What shall the prophet man if he gains the whole world but loses his own? I say home. Uh, As I, you know, strive to literally do missions and win the world, like if I don't win my own children and I don't invest time spiritually, you know, while I have them with me, then that's not good. So that's my most important job. And that just becomes increasingly clear as the day goes. And thank God they still love Jesus.
1: Yeah. Pastor Carl, any lessons you've learned as a uh, I think the biggest
3: lesson for me was um, one that I did not learn from my own dad. He's a good man, but just never did this. He never, ever asked my forgiveness. And there were several opportunities that he had that he uh, should have asked my forgiveness, but didn't. I determined that I was going to ask forgiveness of my kids. Every dad makes mistakes. And, uh, Dad, don't ever be afraid to ask your son or daughter's forgiveness. The amazing thing is they always forgive you, and uh, the relationship is restored. So, that's one of my big...
1: Yeah,
0: I think for me, I'm learning uh, patience in a, in, a, in a new and crazy way because, um, first of all, toddlers take forever to do things but they also want to do everything on their own Um, and there's even times where I I forget that he's two and a half years old and so I turn to my wife and I'm like why is he taking so long to do this or why does he keep doing this and she's like because he's two and I'm like oh yeah So, um, but honestly, it keeps, I have to keep drilling that in my head because I know that if I can learn how to be patient now with these innocent, um, you know, little things and this, him learning and figuring out life, it's going to help me to be more patient with him when there's going to be more challenging and bigger seasons as he gets older.
1: Awesome. Gio, is there a, uh, yeah, is there a Bible verse that kind of maybe has come to your mind uh, Um, as
0: as a dad? So Ephesians 6.4, um, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather bring them up with a discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Um, I think that verse is important for me specifically because I really want to, to teach my children you know, discipline and structure in a healthy way, not too much, not too little, but also I, I want to make sure that when it's done, it's done purposefully and, and it's done with compassion and not just for the sake of doing it. And so that, that verse, I think, reminds me a lot that I need to remind myself the heart behind um, why I do, you know, the correction and the instruction so that um, they can genuinely learn that discipline and instruction comes from the Lord first and that um, they will learn to, to love that from
3: him if they can learn to at least love it from me yeah. most of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mr. Carl, give him.
3: Proverbs uh, chapter 3, 5, and 6 comes to mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Uh, Children don't come with an owner's manual. uh, No instructions given. Uh, We have to rely on uh, our parents or what we think is best. But I've discovered every child is different. Even if you have two girls, they're, they're always different. So you need the wisdom of God, and you don't lean to your own understanding, but you acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path to help
2: every child receive what
3: they need from their father.
2: That's good. Amen. That's yeah. good. Um, I've uh, been leaning a lot on 2 Corinthians 12:9. His grace is sufficient for me, right? There'll be moments as a dad that I know I'm gonna come short. I know I'm gonna make mistakes. Uh, and so this is where the Lord's grace kind of covers that gap. And he, whatever I can not provide, he's like, he becomes sufficient at the moment and helps me uh, just be able to parent better. And so I thank God for scripture and his promises.
1: Awesome. Uh, one, more, uh, one more question for the panel, like just quick word of advice parting advice uh, for any dad that's uh, maybe a new dad or a discouraged
2: dad out there, what would you give? I would say that it gets better. Um, Gio, I'm going to say that to you and to any young dad. I remember just uh, my kids crying. Well, Andres, for example, crying like crazy, like crazy, crazy nights of, that would never end. And I'm just going, God, really? Seriously? Like, when is it going to end? <laughs> but then to see him now as a young man that of honor, I'm like, it gets better. It
1: gets yeah,
3: better. Yeah, it's good. Amen. Well, let me uh, let me say that every dad on the spectrum, wherever you are, has an opportunity to make a change and allow God to help you wherever you are. Even if your kids are all gone, um, you can still turn things around yeah. by turning to Christ and asking His help so good. and um, and telling them. One thing I've discovered, so many men were never told by their father that they loved them. So, that's something I encourage you to do. Not Your daughters, your sons, tell them you love them. Every time you talk to them, that's the best thing to do. And for those of you that had a dad that didn't ever ask your forgiveness, maybe uh, you should just forgive them anyway way before. And they may never ask you, but forgive them anyway.
1: Amen,
0: I would say for, for new dads, um, remember uh, that we are stewards of our children, um, that God has given us this calling, and that we're uh, when it does get harder, get difficult, when you feel like, man, when is all this going to, the crying going to end or whatever, I, I remember, at least for me, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm raising up these children in the Lord, and uh, they're going to make a difference in the kingdom. They're going to be impactful for the kingdom, aside from just being, um, you know, my physical sons. They're going to be, you know, a force for the kingdom, so...
1: Yeah. A lot of wisdom right here. Can you give a round of applause across all the campuses? Show some appreciation for our dad panel. Amen. I'm going to close out the service by just sharing a a short thought from God's Word. Uh, Short being a uh, relative term. Shorter than usual, uh, but uh, just we'll just go this second service. We don't have a service right after this. We might go a couple hours more. It'll be good. Uh, if, you a, if you have a copy of God's Word, go to the book of Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, our theme today is kind of hats off to dads, um, probably the title of my message is wear, wear the hat, and you'll, you'll kind of know what I'm going with on that. Luke chapter 15, as you turn there, I did hear uh, a, a couple quotes from a couple dads I wanted to just mention Um, uh, One dad I heard said this. He said, Father's Day is the one time of year when I get complete obedience. He saw saw Father's Day as a day of obedience. He said, I get complete obedience from every member of my family. He said, I tell them not to spend a lot of money on me, and they don't. (laughs) So just so you know, I did not give my family those instructions. Amen. Uh, And then I heard about one new dad. We talked a little bit about new dads. It said, after bringing their first baby home from the hospital, the wife suggested to her husband that he try his hand at changing diapers. Uh, He said, well, I'm busy, uh, but I'll do the next one. And so the next time the baby uh, was wet, she asked him if he was ready to learn now how to change diapers. And then the dad gave her a a, a puzzled look, and then he said, uh, oh, I didn't mean the next diaper, I meant the next baby. So none of the dads would ever say such a thing in here. Uh, but Luke chapter 15 is a story that is familiar to uh, some of us. It's a story that gets titled the, the uh, parable of the prodigal son. But as we look at this today, you're going to notice something that this parable could have very easily been titled uh, the parable of a loving father because this parable actually spends more time talking about the love of this father than it does the wayward or reckless life of this son. So we'll start in verse 11 of Luke chapter 15 and then we're gonna pray and ask God to speak to us today. But let's read this together. It says, Jesus continued, because this was in a series of parables, um, and uh, he gets to this one. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between his two sons. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. This prodigal son longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, I love that phrase. When this son comes to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Let me pause for just a second. And point out that when this son comes to his senses, what is his first thought? Who is his first thought? His father. The Bible says he comes to his senses and he begins to think about his dad, about his situation. He said, my father has hired servants who have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I'm gonna speak about putting on the hat. And uh, I, want, I want us to pray, and, and uh, I want you to pray with me, of course. Of course, we, we, we want to speak to dads today, but it's really a message for the church. And so let's all pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. It is enough for every situation, for every thing that we're going through. And so today, I pray that your word would be such a great encouragement, that it would just be, it would be lifting and, and encouraging and inspiring, strengthening for us today, um, especially uh, those of us who are dads, spiritual dads, uh, uh, grandfathers, great grandfathers. Thank you, God, for, for these. Lord, speak to us. Anoint this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Yeah. Uh, so as we talk about uh, hats off to dad and, and different hats, we, we were thinking about just kind of all the different hats that dad's have to wear from time to time and uh, I got some of them here that the hats that dads just have to wear a lot of times dads have to wear this hat the construction worker and some of you dads have noticed that uh it doesn't even matter whether you've had any experience or any gifting or any schooling towards uh some things that break down around the house sometimes they just look at you like something's broken they just look at you you're like well I never I never fixed a sink before well I mean it's broken And so, Dad, just let me encourage you, just get up on YouTube, all right? Because somebody will have posted a video on YouTube of how to do it. I'll give you this warning, their version of the fix is gonna be way easier than yours. All right, like, theirs gets done in about 15 minutes and yours takes about 15 hours. I'll just tell you now. They don't have to make 12 trips to the hardware store because they got the wrong tools and the wrong size screws and all that. You will have to, they didn't, all right? But uh, we just have to sometimes wear this hat a lot. Uh, sometimes dads, we, we get used to wearing this hat a lot. It's the chauffeur's hat. you know. We're just running our kids all over the place everywhere. It happened to me a couple of times because we would be running them, I mean, all different directions so often. It would be, happened to me sometimes where like, I'd have one or two that had fought for the front seat and then a couple that were in the back seat and then we would dump one out somewhere in the front seat and then the kids would just be in the back seat and I really felt like a chauffeur at that point, like just taking them wherever they need to go. So that's one of the hats that dads have to wear. Um, <clears throat> this is a hat that some of you dads have been wearing, uh, the, the chef's hat. <laughs> they said first service, I put on backwards. I think I maybe did it again backwards, but uh, maybe it's right, I don't know. But any dads, and some of you have really learned how to cook, like some of you are really doing kill it in the kitchen. Any dads who wear this hat and love it, right? Yes, that's what I, I know, yeah. I know some of the dads, I mean, you're you're going gourmet and doing amazing things. However, I know that there are some dads when it's time for dad to make dinner, the kids are like, beanie weenies again? Like, (laughs) come on. I don't even know if anybody does beanie weenies anymore. That was my specialty for a while. I've learned how to make a couple things since then. But some of you are wearing that hat. Some of you dads are wearing this hat uh, and uh, you're having to put out fires. And you're like, are you talking like figurative fires or literal fires? <laughs> both. Unfortunately, we're talking about both, yes. Like sometimes it's like you're putting out an emotional fire that's going on in somebody's life, in your kid's life or something like that. And then sometimes it's the kitchen and something literally is on fire and you have to be the one to take care of it. And then some of you dads or are, I uh, are feel like every time you're home, you're having to do this, wearing the <laughs> law enforcement hat. You're like, it's just wait till your dad gets home, and you get home, and you gotta start investigating. <laughs> you're looking for clues, and you're taking fingerprints, and who's to blame, and uh, some of you feel like that, and some of you, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's kinda like that, but in my house, it's more like riot gear. Like, I need, I can't wear the cute little, the cute little hat, like it's full blown SWAT team at my house, and uh, we're praying for you. But one, one hat that uh, all of us wears, this one, is just your dad. And we're thankful that you're a dad. And your family's thankful that you're a dad. And uh, we are thankful as a church for you and for the amazing dads that fill this church. And so as a gesture of our thanksgiving to you, uh, everybody's going to get one of these. All the dads that are here today on any of our campuses, we're going to give you one of these amazing, they call it a dad hat. All right, it's going to be, says dad right there in our faith assembly font. Uh, You can tell a lot about somebody though by what hat they're wearing. You know what I'm saying? Like you see somebody with a cowboy hat, it kind of tells a story. You you kind of making some uh, assessment and some some you're kind of figuring some things out, putting some pieces connected some dots. When you see somebody maybe with a um, with a, a, a beret on, and you're like, okay, maybe they're French. You know, maybe they like you can just uh, maybe a sombrero, and you're kind of putting some pieces together and you're trying to well, maybe they were on a trip recently to some you know like you we we kind of do that. You see somebody wearing a particular team's logo on their On their hat, and you assume oh they 're a fan of of that team, and so often we can tell a lot by what hat somebody 's wearing and um, I want to I wanna talk about some hats that I think all of us dads can wear, and i 'm not, I'm not here to to throw any kind of lofty expectation on you that you feel like you cannot do. no, these are hats that we can wear that I want to encourage you and, and maybe inspire you. As we, as we see this story that we read uh, that's prodigal son, but like we said, we could call it the story of a loving, faithful dad. I think we'll see some, some hats, some messaging, some characteristics of this great dad in this parable uh, that exemplify maybe what we should and what we could do uh, what we could use as an inspiration to us as we talk about kind of what hats we could be wearing as dads. And so the first, uh, the first hat I would, I would just encourage all the dads to be wearing as they strive to honor God and honor their families is wear a hat that just says this. Wear a hat that says, I'm here. As I, as I read this passage of scripture, remember we said that when this young man came to his senses, uh, his first thought was his father. Now let's go to verse 18 through 20. We didn't read that yet. But this is after the son comes to his senses. And look at what the son says. I will set out and I will go back to my father. I'll set out and I'll go back to my father. I just love the fact that this son knew where to find dad. Now the son had taken off. He had made some mistakes. He had made some misjudgments and he was out of there. He said, I've sinned. He said, I'm gonna go back to my father and I'm gonna say to my dad, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father, what we can conclude from that, from those couple of verses, is that that dad, in some way, shape, or form, maybe he had said it with his words, or maybe he had said it with his actions. But at some point along the way, he had communicated to his son, "Son, you're getting ready to go off and make some poor decisions. But if you ever wise up, you'll know where to find me." If you ever come to your senses, I'm still going to be here. Like I've been here before you before this, I'm going to be here for you after this. Listen, dads, this is one thing we can all do is we can be there. We can be there for our kids. We, we, we can be here. We, we would never want to undervalue the power of presence. A lot of times we as dads, we put pressure on ourselves and we go, yeah, but I have to always say the right thing and I always have to do the right thing and I always have to be perfect in every situation and know how to solve every problem and know how to to, uh, react to every mistake. But listen, I don't know that you're ever gonna know all those things, but you can know how to just be here. Just be there for your family and that in and of itself will do So, so very much. A survey was done where they asked some boys, it was right before uh, One Father's Day, and the surveyors asked these boys the most important things about their father. What was the most important things that come to your mind about your dad? The answers were were things like this. Plays catch with me. He shows me his work. He takes me on errands with him. Matter of fact, every single answer in the top 10 all top 10 answers in this survey all had to do with the father just spending time with his son. It was, it was just all always about coming together. It didn't matter if it was they were going to the park or they were going to the car parts store. It mattered that they were doing it together. Dads, that's, that's one goal that we can just all make is just to make presence a priority Make presence with your family, in relationship with your kids. Make that a priority because if you don't, if you don't prioritize important things in your life, then non-important things will take over your, your schedule, your calendar. And those non-important things won't be fulfilling. When you, prior to, when you high, put a high priority on things that matter, you feel fulfilled in life. And so sometimes for, for some of us it's just a matter of making here a priority, making uh, being with my family, with my kids, just making that a priority. And the reason why we do that is relationship. One of the things that um, during ups and downs, raising kids, good moments, bad moments, kids excelling in, in certain seasons of life, kids going through struggles in certain seasons of life, one of the things that I just, I had decided at the very beginning of parenting was this, I was gonna be there. I was gonna be in relationship with my kids and even if it was rough times, I was gonna stay in relationship with them. I was still gonna talk to them about normal things and the, I, I made a decision that the, I wasn't gonna let the only thing I said to my kids were, be, were gonna be corrective things. Now, we're going to talk about life and being in relationship because I'd heard this adage a long time ago, and it's so true. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. And so that has to do with just here, uh, that we could just be there, be here. And I want to just encourage the dads because we're trending the right direction. Pew Research Group did a survey and they were seeing about uh, dad's activity in the home and they were comparing it. They had done this, this uh, research in 1965 and they did it again in 2016. And so they found back in 1965, the average dad spent about two and a half hours a week in childcare. Two and a half hours a week, 50 years later, we'd gotten all the way up to eight hours a week. So way to go dad, we're trending in the right direction. All right. They found that uh, back in, in, in uh, 1965 that the average uh, dad was doing about four hours of, of housework or chores, helping around the house and in 2016 that jumped all the way up to 10 hours a week. Way to go dad, we're trending in the right direction. Why do I sense that some of the moms are going, I don't think they called us on that survey. No, it's just, about, it's just about, again, you don't have to have all the answers and be perfect in every moment. It's just about being here. So, dads, I encourage you, be there. Matter of fact, another kind of phrase that I've, I've, I've loved and I've tried to make one of my goals is this phrase that just says, wherever you are, be all there. So be there. When you get home, be there. Be there for the backyard uh, stuff that happens. Be there for the tea party. Be there for the game. Be there for the recital. Be there for the performance. Be there for the conversation. Be there when your kids are having a celebration and things are great. And be there when there's going through a rough time. But being there, boy, that's, that's, that speaks volumes. There's power in presence. Another hat that I think all of us dads can wear is a hat that says this. Wear the hat that says I care, I care. It's it's a hat that we see this dad wearing in this incredible passage in this story in verse 20. As this son comes to his senses and he knows exactly where to find dad, dad's gonna be there. He gets up and he goes to his father. And while this son is a long ways off, his father saw him. His father had such compassion and care for his son that it almost gives this impression that almost daily he's out there just looking. If today's going to be the day that my son finally wises up and comes home, his father, while he's still a far way off, the father sees him and is filled with compassion, a dad that cares. And he runs to his son and he throws his arms around him and he kissed him. A little bit of context in this time frame and in this uh, day and age that, that, that they lived in. Uh, A a dad, an older man in the east, an elderly man, would really hardly ever run in public. Matter of fact, it was somewhat humiliating is what it was perceived as for an adult male to run in public. Aristotle in his writings said, great men never run in public. Yet in this story, this dad literally runs out uh, and, and greets his son, meets his son out there in the street. And uh, there's probably some different reasons as to why. One would be because uh, he just had such compassion and such care and, and such hope for the day that his son would, would get things together. Understood that his, his son, this is what compassion looks like many times. What care looks like for us as dads is to, to know that, you know what, sometimes our kids aren't perfect, but neither were you when you were a kid. Neither are you as a dad. That's, that's part of understanding and that empathy and kind of like figuring out where they are. And I think he kind of maybe had that moment that, look, I know you've been making some mistakes, but listen, I I love you more than your worst mistake. I need everybody to hear this. God loves you more than your worst mistake, and as parents, we need to say that to our kids, that it's not about your mistake. And so he runs for that reason, but there's a whole nother scriptural context that's going on. You can read about it in Deuteronomy, but back in those days, there were certain parts of that culture that Uh, would operate this way, that if a a son would go away and put such a mark on his family, such a disgrace to his family in the way and the actions that this son did, he really deserved death according uh, to an an old law system. And so as he's walking, there could be neighbors who go, well, there's that son that we heard about and we know what he deserves, and so let's do this. And there could have been somebody picking up stones ready to give him the punishment he deserves. But yet when dad runs out there and, co- and covers him up with his arms, that dad is saying, you're going to throw stones at him, you're going to be hitting me with them. That's care. That's concern. Remind me of, of one uh, baseball game I was at with, with uh, one of my kids. And, he was uh, pitching that game, and he was, he was probably about 10 years old or something like that. He was doing pretty good uh, and was getting deep in the game. We were winning, and he started getting tired, and so he started walking some batters, hit a couple batters. The other team starts catching up a little bit. And there's this kid on third base. His name's Jamie. Hopefully he's not here today, but uh, he, he was there. And so he started like, kind of like berating and, and just badgering and yelling things about, you know, My son's performance there in that moment, and he's like, Get him out of the game, coach. We're gonna lose the game. He can't, he can't throw strikes. Get him out of the game and throw another one and be a ball. Oh my gosh, get him out of the game. What are you doing? Looking at the coach, get him out. He can't he can't pitch. This is ridiculous. Another pitch, this kid's blowing up again. And so I'm sitting there watching, hearing all this. I'm feeling it. And so finally I had taken all I could take, and the Spirit of the Lord came on me. Amen. (laughs) Actually, I'm not sure which spirit it was. I'll tell you the story. You can decide which spirit it was. But I got up and went up to that fence right by third base. That's where he was at. I said, Jamie. He looked over at me and I said, why don't you try try encouraging your teammates instead of tearing them down all the time? That's right. Some of you like that. Jamie didn't like it as much. (laughs) Jamie didn't do that. Oh, that's right. Amen. No, he didn't. Uh, Instead, he turned all that vitriol that he had for my son he turned it towards me so then the next pitch goes down and he goes oh that was great great pitch is that about what you wanted you want me to do that does that sound better and I'm looking at this kid like do you know who you're talking to sir I was in between like challenging him to meet me in the parking lot after the game I mean I know he was like 10 but he could be taught a lesson okay I was in between that and in between maybe telling him like you know that I'm the Lord's anointed and that things can happen. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, I'm a pastor. I don't know. But he did not care. And he laid into me the rest of the game. And about halfway through him doing that, at first I was uncomfortable and I didn't like it and I didn't, wasn't feeling it. But then at some point the thought came to my mind and it was this Hmm, he's certainly letting me have it. But one thing I noticed, he's not letting my son have it anymore. So I'll gladly take that. I'll gladly wrap around and say, yeah, go ahead and throw the rocks at me. I can handle it. I'm I'm a big boy. We do, dads, we do that all the time, whether you realize, you've done that so many times and you don't even realize it, and it comes from this. It comes from caring. We can all wear this hat that just says, I care. And this is uh, another hat that I think we can all wear that we see in this story. It's a hat that says, I give. If we look in... um, Verse 22 through 24, same Luke 15, same story. Also in verses 28 through 31, look at this. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, because after he's embraced his son, he said, bring the best robe, which was probably his personal robe. Bring the best robe and put it on my son. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead uh, and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Skip ahead to verse 28. The older brother becomes angry and refuses to go in. So his father goes out to where the older son is and he pleads with him. He answered the father and he said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you give me, you don't even give me a a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, when he comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. And look what this dad said. He said, my son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Oh, I love that that heart that just says, no, don't forget, I've always given to you, and I always will give to you. Now, now in this story, it's a, it's a dad that has some resource, all right, it's, it's true, like we read that, and he had an estate, he had an inheritance, he had some financial resource that he was giving out to his sons. But listen to me, dads especially in the room, in, in, in our campuses, let me just say this to you. Even if you don't have like a major uh, portfolio that you're gonna pass down, a major inheritance, a major amount of money, listen, we are all passing down some things to our kids. You are constantly giving to your kids. It's not a matter of like, am I gonna give to my kids? It's, it's a matter of being intentional about what I'm giving to my kids. Because we as parents, we're always giving an example, we're always given a pattern, we're always giving uh, a, a way to handle situations. Uh, our kids are watching us when things are good, our kids are watching us when we're going through times of trial, and all of that, they're getting something from us. So it's maybe not even a matter of like, am I going to give, but to think about what I am giving to my kids. What kind of example, what kind of thing am I, am I putting out there? We're constantly given the roadmap for our kids. And that's what we need to be thinking about. Maybe it's not a big inheritance for you. And you know what? That's not the most important thing that they need from you anyway. For a lot of us, if we're thinking about what we could be giving our kids, think about this. Always be sure you're giving them love, always be sure you're giving them acceptance, always be sure you're giving them forgiveness. These are three things right there that we see this dad giving both of his sons, not just the prodigal. No, he has to, he has to forgive the, the, the older son who stayed home because now he's out and not coming to the party. Now he's mad. He's got to extend to both of them love. Different ways, right? They both need love in different ways. We've got to be uh, conscious of that with our kids that not all, they're not all the same. They don't all need from us the exact same thing. What we're giving to one is maybe different than what we're giving to another. Does that make sense? And so he does that. Love. Acceptance, no matter what you've done, you're accepted here. Listen, parents, acceptance and approval are two different things. You can accept your kids without approving of their decisions in the moment, but you can still accept and stay in relationship. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness because they're going to make mistakes. Let's wear the hat that says, I give. I read about um, the relationship that Winston Churchill had with his dad. And um, it was interesting. Of course, Winston Churchill was certainly known as the greatest leader of his era, of his day. Really a world leader of leaders. Um, Incredibly influential. And uh, his dad was jealous of Winston Churchill's success, of his influence. And in that Jealousy, Winston Churchill's dad couldn't speak a kind word of him. Matter of fact, uh, it's written that his dad was his worst critic, his, his biggest enemy. And as Winston Churchill processed this, this is what he said. Remember, a leader on the world stage. This is what he said. He said, I would have rather have been an apprentice for a bricklayer. Or I would have just had a job as running errands as a messenger boy. Or maybe the person who dressed the windows in the local shops. I would have done any of those if I could have just had the support of my father. Listen to what this great world leader is willing to trade if he could just get the support of his father. If he could just get a dad that would say, "I'm, I'm here, I care, and I give.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.